0: This is the Gary Vee Audio Experience. You know, look, the ambition of every 16 year old around the world is to be an influencer. It is the number one global ambition of every 16 year old in the world. Many of them will succeed. Many of them won't reach 100 million followers, but I believe if you have 10,000 people that wildly follow you, there's a business to be had there.
1: We're here in Yerevan, Armenia, at the World Congress of IT with none other than Gary Vaynerchuk, the CEO of VaynerMedia and also a pioneer in social media marketing. Gary, great to have you with us, and welcome to Armenia. Thank you. Gary, I just want to start talking about first about a personal branding. Obviously, there's a lot of professionals watching this interview. What do you think is the biggest mistake people are doing when it comes to a professional personal branding perspective? You know, especially in the big, the business context we live today.
0: Um, first, a lot of people don't like that term. You know, a lot of people think personal brand is charlatan. Yep. I try to make sure professionals understand personal brand just means reputation, and reputation has always mattered. Number two, I think a lot of people say things they don't believe in. Yep. The, too many people are company men and women, and they say things that are in the vested interest of their pocket or the company, and they forget that this is being recorded, and two or three years later, they're losing because they don't talk about what they believe in. Number three, I think most people are not self aware on what medium they're best communicating at. Meaning, a lot of people see people like me and others, you, on LinkedIn, and they think they have to do video. You don't have to do video. You don't have to do audio. If you're great at writing, I mean, I missed out on blogging in the early 2000s because it was the only option, and I knew that I wasn't a good writer, and I didn't have the money to pay somebody to be my ghostwriter. So, I think self-awareness of how to communicate, B, Talk about things you actually believe in, not what's in your vested interest. And C, get over the stigma of even producing content.
1: I wanna to touch on that. First of all, on the, on the corporate image, right? I mean, you know, traditionally, a lot of companies didn't let their staff go on social media because they're afraid of They want of
0: control. History. You know, it's very funny. Corporations love capitalism, but they act in a communistic way.
1: <laughs> Good point, yeah. It really. But you think this may change, you know, where we can have organizations should actually empower some internal influencers, right? And actually, by that, not only just personal branding but the company benefit.
0: As long as that person isn't just completely spewing PR for the company. We've seen a lot of people go that route and have no traction because we, on the other side, know they're just peddling the SaaS product or the thesis. So, it, for companies to win this game, they have to empower people to actually say things that are not popular for the company. VaynerMedia has a complete open policy for our thousand employees to talk. We don't even monitor it, and occasionally things will bubble up where people are saying things that are completely in a contrast to what we do at Vayner, and I encourage that. I'm not worried about that. To me, that's a strength, not a weakness.
1: On that point as well, and it's good I mean, you're empowering a lot of people, do you believe the future of advertising will be, micro-influencers will play a bigger role than what they're doing right now? Yes, I do. And to what extent do you think I mean, you think it's a two-year phenomenon, five-year phenomenon?
0: Well, we're living in it right now. There are there are moms and executives getting paid $500 to talk about something on LinkedIn or, or Instagram yeah. right now. I think it will continue because I think the attention will amortize from a few to more. And we've seen that over the last decade and I, think, I don't think that will stop. So, yes, I believe that people will continue to be more influential and I think You know, Look, the ambition of every 16 year old around the world is to be an influencer. It is the number one global ambition of every 16 year old in the world. Many of them will succeed. Many of them won't reach 100 million followers, but I believe if you have 10,000 people that wildly follow you, there's a business to be had there. Now, if you want to make $4 million a year, will you be able to do that on the back of 10,000 people? Probably not. Um, that's going to come down to the ambition and capabilities of the humans. But there are a lot of people I'm looking at right now who, if they were born today, would probably end up being an influencer versus what they're doing for a living now yeah. because, and would be willing to give up some of the money for a lot more happiness.
1: That's interesting. And I, let's talk about the future as well of the, of the industry. I mean, today dude, you're talking in your keynote about voice as a user interface, right? And obviously, I think many of us quite see the potential, Alexa and, and other good, yeah, tools like that. How do you think that's gonna impact advertising and really buying and purchasing as a whole?
0: Massively, I think think right now, if you look at Google, it's a very sales driven platform, not a brand building platform. And a lot of us are good advertisers on Google, whether organic or paid, and we get the benefit of when somebody says, I need a plumber, or where do I buy a new tie, and we show up as salespeople. When I go to Alexa, Alexa, I need a tie? That game is over. Now it's Alexa deciding. And what I need to say is, Alexa, I want a Brooks Brothers tie. Alexa, I want an Armani tie. And so brand will become massively important. And I believe a lot of people are missing the boat right now building brand, and are gonna be hurt very badly by voice, because right now what they are is digital salespeople, not digital branding people.
1: I think your voice as a user interface will have a big role. But I also wanna bring back another topic I know you often talk about, Gary, is the importance of people are consuming voice right now. For example, you're mentioning recently that instead of maybe focusing on video, people should focus on podcasts and creating audio content. Just wanna hear your thoughts on that.
0: That is true. I believe that a wild percentage of YouTube video consumption is actually just audio. Um, I believe that people are walking the dog, working out, traveling on a plane, and are consuming audio. I think what's amazing, listen, a lot of people consume my content, thank God. A lot of those people listen to the video or podcast while they're at their desk working. If they had to watch the video that DRock and I make, they wouldn't be able to work at the same time. People are multitasking, and I think when people multitask, audio rises and video declines. That doesn't mean video is dead, video is growing. We're consuming more than ever. It just means audio is rising, and it's coming at the expense of non-consumption. I believe that, or at the consumption of music instead of audio information. So I think the same person who walked their dog for 30 minutes every morning, either just took in nature, or used to listen to music, now is listening to a podcast.
1: And actually on that front as well, when you're looking at the future trends when it comes to social media right now in the broader industry, do you think, are you looking at what's happening in the U.S.? Are you looking at what's happening in Asia? Is there a region, your particular focus, that you think people should pay attention to?
0: The U.S. and Asia. Oh, really? Okay. 100%. Because those are the two places where the products are coming out of. They're coming out of Silicon Valley or they're coming out of Chinese-based companies, right? Uh, and so, it's not super complicated. And by the way, I'm thrilled to pay attention to Armenia or Chile or Sweden or Greenland. You just need the products to come out of there.
1: Yep. And what about some of the new platforms that are coming up like TikTok is one obviously you talk about. What do you think the impact it may have on the other social media platforms that we have today? That's already
0: happened. The level of consumption that TikTok has is coming out of the expense of YouTube and Instagram for a small sector of you know 12 to 18 year olds. But you're starting to see 1830 go into TikTok. And both Facebook and Instagram started young. Yep. And uh, so and so, I think that uh, it's already had an impact. Now the question becomes is TikTok Vine or is TikTok Instagram? Yep. That's always the moment. Many things can spur up and have six months a year. Snapchat became a very monster platform. Instagram copied the stories feature which was enough to combat it. The question is, is there a feature to copy on TikTok or will TikTok continue to innovate? One argument I have is if tomorrow, if tomorrow TikTok launches pictures, where you just post a picture, I think that they would grow rapidly because some people don't know how to make a TikTok but want to be on it. So it's an arms race for features and I don't think a lot of people talk about that.
1: Very interesting. To get right, I want to just shift from the conversation to blockchain and more decentralization as a whole. The, the, the topic this right at WCIT is decentralization. I'd love to get your views on the impact you think uh, blockchain will have, uh, not only the industry, but more particularly focused on cryptocurrencies and digital assets. I mean, what's your view on the impact that digital assets will have uh, on the broader economy and you know, society as a whole?
0: Blockchain is the single most powerful innovation we've seen since the internet. And if people were more thoughtful about understanding blockchain, they would understand my next sentence. I find it, I think the most interesting thing to watch over the next 50 years is how China, Russia, and America handle blockchain technology. If you really understand what blockchain does, it decentralizes central banks, it decentralizes everything that a middleman does to transact. When we have our slots in blockchain, I can buy your home and not pay banks or other organizations anything. I argue that blockchain is so big that Russia, China, and America don't allow its advancement. And because if you really understand what blockchain does, it takes away all the power from countries besides military. And I believe that the countries will use military to make sure it doesn't happen. That's how big of a tech, you're talking about decentralizing everything except peer to peer. The internet decentralized a lot. Yep. Blockchain takes that to a crazy level.
1: And hey, What's your view on like Facebook's Libra, for example? What do you think the impact Libra is gonna have on the broader ecosystem?
0: My intuition is that Facebook's in a PR nightmare right now where people don't wanna trust it and that will slow down Libra's advancements. I think Libra would've had a much better run at it six years ago. Yep. Uh, I think right now there's too much cynicism and pressure from mainstream media against Facebook, which has worked on a very big part of the segmentation. I'm also pretty undereducated on what's happening with it, so that's about where I see
1: it. You mentioned before central banks, Gary. I just want to get your views on it from your ad background, right? Today when you look at financial institutions around the world, if you had to grade them from one to 10, How good are they at content marketing, you know, uh, advertising more generally? Two. Why is that?
0: They don't innovate. They use regulation as an excuse to produce content. They make vanilla ads and run them on television. Uh, But here's the good news for institutionals. I believe that the entire ad world is at a three. (laughs) If Nike is at a three, well then, all of a sudden, being at a two, as RBS Bank, great client of ours at Vayner that I'd like to make a 10, yep. uh, is not such a bad thing.
1: What industry do you think the financial institution should look at to try to learn or get inspired from
0: Young human beings. <laughs> Young human beings are inherently producing content. Yeah. And understand the game of YouTube. Look, these social networks are, are acquiring the attention of, human, of the human race. Like I don't understand how people are confused. The sheer amount of attention on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, LinkedIn is greater than the amount of attention on television and on print. There, I don't know what else to tell you. Like why <laughs> is that so confusing? It's just a game of attention. Yep. And to not be somebody who knows how to communicate on those platforms, you're very vulnerable
1: hope people are listening to this. And Gary, we're gonna finish up with a fireside With the bell. My bell is back, the Henry bell is back and back in Yerevan today. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna ask you quick, quick, quick questions. As you know, one or two word answers and we're gonna go shoot them one after the other. Ready? Go. What is the one skill you think a young person today should learn? One skill. Patience. Patience, very good, interesting. You do a lot of keynotes, Gary. What is the biggest single mistake people do on stage when they're presenting?
0: They do press releases for themselves, not
1: for the audience. Excellent. You're a big believer in LinkedIn. Uh, what do you think is the biggest mistake people do on LinkedIn?
0: They think it's only business content. Good
1: point. Uh, what advice, if there's one piece of advice we'd give to your kids right now, what would it be? Work. Work and work hard, I guess, huh? Um, actually, work-life balance. Do you think work-life balance is possible to be successful at the same time?
0: Yes, and I believe everybody is achieving it for themselves, not other people's opinions about it. Good
1: point. Your biggest source of inspiration today? My mom. Oh, very nice. If there's one piece of content that you read, a magazine or a book that you read recently, you think is very inspirational?
0: Not, I, don't, I have not read a book or a magazine in a decade.
1: Social media. What is keeping you up at night?
0: The health of my family.
1: I have to ask you a question about football. The Jets have lost four straight games this season. Is there still hope?
0: Not a whole lot. <laughs>
1: And I'll finish it off. If you're not living in New York today, Gary, where would you be living?
0: I would die to not live anywhere other than New York City.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Radachuk. Thank Thank you very much. Great to have you. Thank you, That was fun. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: All right. Episode's over. Please leave a review. And subscribe up on Apple. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Hey podcast, Joe from Team Gary here. Today's highlighted review is Taught Me You Don't Have to Be a Tycoon by Johnny Peppa. Gary V has redefined for me what it means to be a business person. Used to think you had to be overwhelmingly win-lose to be hyper-successful. Gary V podcast has shown me how.